Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, Conversations with Dope Women. But what did you mean when you said um, you were afraid? Act like the mic's not there. I know that's weird because there's a mic. Oh, okay. You were afraid to be... What part of how you present yourself were you afraid of in this process and what shifted? Um, I was afraid to be fully feminine. Mm. I was afraid to be... To like, uh, I guess like capture and own. Not just capture. uh, Broadcast all of my colors. Mm -hmm. Like my black side my brown side and what that means for me Oof. and it, like it sometimes it means big hoop earrings yeah like, sometimes it's really simple yeah sometimes it means like uh, i call it the mexican burden we have this like i don't know we were taught like shame and not to inconvenience anyone sometimes mm. i carry that like i need to not burden anyone that like mm. sometimes it's bad and sometimes that works well and sometimes it's like it's like red lipstick and my hair down like all black Right. Um, I didn't feel like I could be all of that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have a tattoo. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Christian or as a therapist or both? Ooh, good question. I never thought about the Christian. Uh, I'm sure that plays into it. I wasn't thinking about that as a mm-hmm. whole Um As a therapist, because mm-hmm. we're trained to have boundaries mm-hmm. that we have to present a certain mm-hmm. way so as not to mm-hmm. elicit anything from our client. Whoop de whoop de whoop. And I'm like, but that's shushing me. Mm-hmm. And, and we also learned in building, it's called the uh, therapeutic alliance, the uh-huh. relationship between client and therapist. We are taught that um, it's supposed to be only about them and that we mm-hmm. can't give. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, back up. We are taught, sometimes I get excited and I like lose my train of thought. I'm the same way. I'm glad you're editing. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we are taught that what the single most important indicator of a client's success is the relationship they have with a therapist. Hmm. Um, and What does that mean? That if rapport is built, uh-huh. the result will be good. If they feel like they can trust you, you're reliable, you're skillful, right. you listen, then success will, will take off. Which is actually more powerful if you authentically show up as yourself. Exactly. So you're limiting, right? You're limiting. Right. And that's, thank you for bringing me back to my point. You <laughs> limit that effectiveness yeah. when you hold back. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to hold back. And I was watching all these kids come through group homes with therapists who don't look like them yeah. holding back. Yeah. I'm like, I hear them. The girls will complain and say, Miss, look at her, her wig, her this, her that. Uh-huh. Like they wanna look yeah. they wanna be with someone who they actually they can would, resonate with. Yeah. Would hang out with yeah. otherwise. Yeah. yeah. If they weren't their therapists. Exactly. That that makes sense. I think even um and like those people are good for somebody, right? But if there's a particular demographic of people that you're trying to yes. to, to serve, Correct. right? Um and you relate most of them not just because of I'm assuming who they are, but but also because literally you relate to them, right? Yeah. You are black and brown. You are. This is your community. This is where you um, feel like serving. These are people you identify with. Totally. That's what I'm trying to say. Not just like standing as an outsider saying, "Oh, those poor black people are those you know poor Latino people," but it's more just like we need help, <laughs> you know. Yes. And I have a skill set. That can, I'm assuming, but let no, me just that back is up. It. No, that is it. Yeah. I want to talk about that. I did that today, so this may not be supported by Christianity, but what I do before <laughs> every session is I literally call on my ancestors. Okay. And today when I was doing it, because I do believe that like this is all ground that has been tilled and blood mm-hmm. is in here from us. Mm-hmm. Like this is ours, this whole space. Um, you're talking about where we are right now this the office the office yeah Uh yeah like this was birthed through them yes we didn't just get born 
without a history, right? Without oh, people no. who haven't paved the way for us. So you're acknowledging that their presence, their work, their labor has created a path for you to even be here in this moment exactly. in time in the first place. Exactly. Heck yeah. And when you say they, I'm talking about they meaning we. Yeah. So when I was calling the ancestors and I was I, I envisioned the client and how they're coming and how they're presenting and what they might need, I'm like, I'm calling on my ancestors, on their ancestors. Those yeah. are my ancestors. Yeah. Somewhere, ancestors. somewhere yeah. down this line, we mm-hmm. have we're kin. Yeah. So it truly is. It hmm. feels like family. It uh-huh. is family, and I want it to be like that mm-hmm. with boundaries. I'm not gonna like invite them over for drinks. But, right. Yeah. Right. But you create a space that's saying like this is our space. Like we're in this together. together. Our forefathers brought foremothers. I'm changing my language. Yeah. Our foremothers and forefathers. Yeah. Brought us right. <laughs> I'm, I'm intentional about that too. In this season of my life, like no. Acknowledge um, women. I'm not just gonna just generalize, you know, as we do with um, with uh, genders, right? And we, you know, it's we we'll only acknowledge women when it's specifically women. But then we are so comfortable using masculine terms yeah. to to it's group habit. us all. Yeah, it is habit. It's, it's habit, it's, and we think it has no impact, but it does. It absolutely does. It, it it tells us that when we intentionally call out women, we acknowledge like our presence, our work, our value. Right, and mm-hmm. that that we're not just part of some like lump sum of people. Um, anyway, so so go. I know I didn't like do the official um, introduction, but I'm just glad to have you on the show this week. Um, just it's May, and it's the theme health. is mental health awareness, which yeah. I always get kind of leery when we identify particular days and months, like you know Black History Month or whatever, because I feel like. Every day is mental health, you know, right, but it's right. an intensified specific acknowledgement, you know, and especially in our culture, um, to to try to kind of what is it, destigmatize mm-hmm. and like bring awareness yes. to and kind of elevate the understanding of what this means in the first place. And I think definitely um it's important for me, my podcast being um me being a pastor, my podcast being um intentional to speaking to Christians, anyone can listen to it, but I think it's important because I don't think historically the church has necessarily always done a good job. And I could definitely I think black people are some of the most resilient people in the world, yes. but um, resilience is different than healing. Mm. And I think that we have <laughs> necessarily like giving ourselves the space or permission to heal from a lot of things that we've gone through because I think partially like things have not been properly identified, right? It's pain, trauma, and things of that sort. And I think mm-hmm. historically we also kind of put a biblical narrative over like have faith, you can get through it, God's got you, all Power, that's true. Yeah, yeah, God yeah. also gives you tools, right? Gives you tools. <laughs> he made <laughs> it's okay. The gender neutral God yeah. <laughs> made therapists. You're like God, we can just say God, God. right? right? God. God made therapists. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like wait, time out though. Back up. Uh-huh. Resilience is not healing. Uh-huh. Girl, you need to what is, that, is that a trademark? Copyright? Listen, trademark. It, it, yeah. I've got to use it for a post. It's I like, will, once you bounce back, you, what I'll you doing you. with it? You know? Right. Yeah. That's not, it's not just about being strong. It's yeah. about moving through it. Yeah. Woo! So, <laughs> I know we could talk forever. So, I'm really glad that you're here, like, for some context. Uh, Soko, I met, I would say as a child. I'm, no, like, Probably. oh yeah, you're like my sisters. My sister, you guys are only like a year and a half or two years older than me. But my sister's best friend. But what I love about this is that sharpen her irons conversation with dope women. And sometimes we don't, well, maybe I'm blessed. I don't know. But like, 
realize how much dopeness is all around us Mm -hmm. and doing everything I can to make it accessible to other people, which is why I created this platform in the first place. I just felt like um, a lot of my friends, my peers, even people in my life um, don't necessarily have access to to all the amazing women that I do. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to say, hey, well, let me give you some of these nuggets as wisdom. And yeah. that, especially when I saw the work that um, you were doing recently, I, I know you in the field of social work and therapy, but when I saw like your practice, you know, and seeing you using social media as a platform to kind of change the narrative and to bring awareness change the game. and change Hashtag the game, game changer. I was like, oh man, yes, you are a game changer. So cool. I have not seen anyone doing it the way that you're doing it. It makes, I love my therapist, but like, I mean, other than the fact that you're family, so you probably right, can't be right. my therapist, but it makes me want you to be my therapist. Oh, and that, that is, anyway, so talk, talk to the people, Yee. tell them about who you are are like how you enter this journey what this new season is about for oh, you let's man. just go we'll just remember those questions because i'm gonna forget i'm gonna okay. say i gave you questions but really we're just gonna kind of just feed off the conversation okay. so hi uh thanks for having me first Absolutely. of all this is dope um as dope as you think i am i probably think that you're doper oh, so it so is cool. a privilege to be taking part in this, um, and you are family for sure. So much so that I'm meeting your sister in a few hours. <laughs> I go from you to the other to the other, and I'm meeting your grandma's table. Not to go down. Listen, um, I am. I'm from Chino, California. Okay. Born in Bellflower, from Chino. I'm a Sagittarius. Um, I was raised by a black mother and a Mexican father, and my mother is a brown-skinned black woman who's mm-hmm. from Mississippi, and I think that that's important mm-hmm. to know. Um, and she raised me. My father was, my parents were married, but my mother raised us. My dad worked mm-hmm. so that she could do that. Mm-hmm. So the setup was, uh, I was always around my mom mm-hmm. and that's who I saw. That was my primary adult, mm-hmm. and lo- the primary love source. Mm. So I identify as an African-American w- woman. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm biracial mm-hmm. um, and I love my Mexican side, mm-hmm. but the world sees me as black mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and I'm most embraced by the black community. Mm-hmm. I've been shunned by my own Mexican family in mm-hmm. some ways for my black attributes mm-hmm. and features. Do you think that's because black is such a like a wide range of things? that we're more embracing of like different types of black, if that makes sense. Mm, That's a good question. Why is black more embracing? Um, I think colorism has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. I think that at least black men liked me Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know, in the eighties, nineties, like mm-hmm. light was in, mm-hmm. and so I just like got an easy pass. Got you, got you. So there was that form of acceptance, and then I think when black women meet me, they realize that I'm black, mm-hmm. and then this there's is no kind of camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, come in, we'll take, and I, yeah. yeah, come in, we'll take yeah. you. It's, yeah. it's, I don't know why it's more yeah. embracing. That's a good question. I mean, so I have my thoughts, but that's not this topic. Just okay. on, like black acceptance, period. Right. Like what that means, and even what is the definition of black later. in the first place? Right. It's more of an an experience. Yeah, and a um a like socialization than it is like an ethnic identity as much. Right. Of course, it definitely is. Yeah, but because of the plight of black people, the one drop rule, yeah, you're right. like all these things, black is more about what you're not in relationship to Thank whiteness. You. You just said it. So I think that then that that opens this big window for it was more of like historically how you're handled in this society, right? Mm-hmm. So it was almost like all of us outcasts were together. Yeah. yeah now, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not every single person, right? But that would feel that way. I can't speak for every black person, but I think so. It doesn't matter if you're the lightest of the lightest, you still weren't black. 
And if you were the darkest of the darkest, now of course there's a variety of experiences within that mm-hmm. spectrum, mm-hmm. but I think that that be created like this community of like you you down you down anyway so i no, think that right. that's passed down generations yeah and so this understanding of like what it means to be black um it's more embracing of course people have those issues within that you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna try to make it this thing that it isn't but anyway this is just like my no, thoughts and my where other ethnicities i think is very clear there's more of a uniformed like look identity not every mexican looks the same right. but i'm just saying whereas blackness the range already, is larger the range You're is right larger. and i think also like as a black person when i meet people who like white people might not see the black in them mm-hmm. i do and it. i think it's because yeah. we're looking for like protection comfort mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. and i think we're like we're, we naturally navigate that way and so when we see it if we see a certain type of nose or mm-hmm. lips we're like mm-hmm. she got something in her she's one of us mm-hmm. it's like this come come Let join our mystery force. to try to find <laughs> out <laughs> right 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 yeah okay. anyway, anyway my mother is, my mother is black, black. Like mississippi and so you both identify even though you validate both experientially i feel you feel okay black um and and sometimes I feel guilty about that, mm. but I also am accepting that like I'm not this way. Be- I didn't choose it; it kind of chose me mm-hmm. in a sense. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I try not to own that blame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I was an athlete. I played basketball. I went to school at Claremont McKenna College. I studied mm-hmm. psychology. That's where I met your sister. Hey. Um, and then I went on to get my master's in social welfare from UC Berkeley. And What's I the difference between? Well, I can ask that later. But social okay. welfare is different from social work. It's a, it's actually really the same. Okay. So UCLA and UC Berkeley are the only schools that, that have call social it welfare. Social welfare. Got you. Um, yeah, and I think it's, I guess it's it's more specific in okay. a way. It, okay. it reminds me of equity. I think we're like mm. pushed to make it even, but social work's the same. Got you. Anyway, um, yeah. And after I graduated, I came down to LA. I came move back home, and I. Um, Worked at a group home in Simi Valley, mm-hmm. and then I worked for the county of Ventura as a child welfare social worker. So okay. the ones who right. snatch kids <laughs> right. that were known as. And then I did school-based therapy in Calabasas and Agora, and um, then I did mental health director. I had a mental health director position at Deli and Lucille, which is a collection of girls' group homes in South Central LA. And um, now I'm here. I'm running my own practice. It's called Soco Ray Therapy, a licensed clinical social worker corp. That I had to have all that in there legally. Okay. Um, so I own my own business. It's black owned, Latina owned, female owned. I love and we're it. here in Inglewood. And um, what drew you to Inglewood? So I I was renting in Sherman Oaks, and all my friends were down in the South Bay. My sister's in Hawthorne. My aunt is in Westchester, mm-hmm. and um, I knew what was coming to Inglewood. And mm-hmm. I I was in Oakland pre gentrification. Okay. And I saw how that changed, and mm-hmm. I remember being mad that we weren't more active in in taking up space there before mm-hmm. others could. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that Inglewood was about to be the new hotspot, I mm-hmm. thought, well, I would like to make a smart investment. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to be around my family and people mm-hmm. who look like me. And mm-hmm. I would also like to take some ownership in what is ours. Even right. though I wasn't born here, I, I feel like if I'm going to gentrify, yeah. I'd rather be a brown gentrifier yeah. than a non. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and I know the history. Like, yeah. right up and down Market Street, and the, there's a speaker playing, and there's people saying yeah. hello. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So your tagline is therapy that is chill, chill AF, right? Where'd you come up with <laughs> You're that? You're going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, therapy that is chill AF. Free Christian. Um, <laughs> I... You know what? That came up. I that came up on accident. 
So okay. not the idea. So I knew that I wanted to deliver therapy in a way that was authentic to me because if I was authentic to me, then it would draw who was meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping that that would be the those like the youth I'd worked with, mm-hmm. brown and black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just first started delivering like images that represented like something different mm-hmm. for therapy. Mm-hmm. And then once, I, I, oh, actually I was in this chair and I sat like this with my Inglewood sweatshirt on and my little, uh, what was it, the caption uh-huh. on IG said, um, therapy is chill AF. And then oh, I was before like, it was your slogan. Yeah. It was just like a, a yeah. caption for an image that you posted. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then one of my friends, he's helping me build a business. He's like a, yeah, you think you're onto something. Therapy that's chill AF. And I was like, wow, he took that and ran with it. Yeah. That was just a caption. Yeah. So it I was put, never meant to then be. I put a, it in my title. And now I'm applying for a trademark. I'm like, oh, let's do I this. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted that came by accident, but the, the idea behind it didn't. Mm-hmm. I wanted to convey that, like, that therapy is offered by people who look like you, mm-hmm. that when you come into the space, like you will see images that may remind mm-hmm. you of home or mm-hmm. people, places you've been. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be stale or stinky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's let's jump into like the conversation about like mental health, mental wellness. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear the phrase mental health? What do you think? I think of people taking care of themselves. Mm. That's the first thing I think about. Mm-hmm. So, and I am different than, I guess different people think different things. There mm-hmm. are, I find that most people when they hear mental health or mental illness, they mm-hmm. think of like schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. They think of bipolar mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any clients diagnose as that. Mm-hmm. I have day-to-day depression and anxiety type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of who I'm treating and how I, what I've worked through using mm-hmm. therapy and mental health services. And that is really just like, um, figuring out how I develop these scripts that are not in fact inaccurate for me hmm. and, uh, forgiving those people who supplied those scripts, hmm. seeing it as unintentional, r- removing resentment and finding what my script is. Hmm. So you mean like your script in life? Yeah, like the thing, the stories I believe about yeah, myself. Yeah, so and, this is what you're helping your clients with, you're saying? For the most part, uh-huh. like helping them figure out, like, so in therapy, I'll hear them tell their experiences of things. Mm-hmm. And I see that it's often skewed. It's not mm-hmm. in line with reality. Mm-hmm. And I know that when it's out of line with reality, it's typically damaging. Mm-hmm. And that they need to um, change that, whatever they're saying to themselves, they're mm-hmm. thinking, to change how they're feeling. But we back up to try to figure out how, so, so now I know kind of your frame, mm-hmm. how you see things. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how you got there. So mm-hmm. we review childhood stuff mm-hmm. and usually find, it could be something the as simple or... as like, one girl, she forgot a permission slip in fourth grade. Mm. And for since then, she's she feels nervous in front of people. She's afraid she won't deliver. And it's like little stuff. Because she forgot to get a permission slip signed. signed. I'm sorry, I didn't say yeah. the signed part. Yeah. She didn't, forgot to get it signed, showed up to class. Everyone was getting ready to go. Teacher calls her out. Oh, she's like, you she's didn't have blast. it. And it's really messed with her. Yeah. She's very successful, but she, yeah. but she works through so much anxiety every day where she's tired of having to do that hard work. Mm. So we're like, we've tapped on a few things like, oh, and that's that, powerful. And that's what it's about, discovery. It's all about discovery. So when I think mental health, I don't think like Medicaid and you're so sick and you'll never get over it and you were born with this. I think like, I think of more like, um, I, I don't want to call it regular to say the other stuff isn't, but I think right. of more like. Normalizing it. Yeah. Like, cause you know, I mean, to your point, cause I, I mean, 
I uh, talked about this last week a little bit, but I am familiar with both sides, right? Like, yes. not that there's sides to it, but, you know, just like I have experienced growing up in my family firsthand, you know, episodes, right? That where people have had to be hospitalized and medicated and those things, sorts of things, which are also part of mental For health sure. and mental wellness, yeah. as well as my own depression or anxiety or mm -hmm. things of that sort, right? Mm -hmm. Just like if you say physical health or physical wellness, there's cancer, right? Thank you. Right? And there's, there's a cancer cough. And there's a cough, right? <laughs> All of them have to do with your, yes. your physical wellness. It just depends on whatever you're dealing with, how you are um, caring for right. it. Right. Right. Or wherever you are in life. So how does a person, in your opinion, um, identify or decide, okay, I it's I need therapy. Is th do you see therapy as a need, or do you see it as something like it, it, it's a good idea? Like, how do you view this concept of going to a therapist? I think it's good. I don't think going to a therapist is absolutely necessary mm -hmm. if you are already doing things and have things in practice that are helping you work toward mm -hmm. mental wellness mm -hmm. which is like digging deep into places where you're blocked where mm -hmm. you're hurting mm -hmm. actively trying to resolve those issues mm -hmm. and move past them mm -hmm. so like there are some people who read a lot of self-help books and they yeah. can out talk me when mm -hmm. it comes to this stuff uh -huh. so i studied it and i do it and i don't think that that means that i'm the expert right um so i think it's for people it's like having a trainer right like mm -hmm. i'm working out all my life and i've been yeah. pretty fit but I wanted to take it to a next level. level. Yeah. 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 And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. That too. Sometimes, and some people are really, there's a spectrum too of like people's awareness. Some people really don't know that they're thinking real jacked up. Right. Yeah. Right. I say for those yeah. people, they need it. They but how need do they that. identify that they need it? Okay. Good question. So how do people identify that they need therapy? Um, and we're talking about the, like, so we, let's call it a mental health spectrum. Right. The mental right, health, with like right. severe mental health issues. Right. So we're talking about the kind of like my clients. Right. How do they know? Um, you know, I'll say that most of my calls, I have two types of calls mainly. Mm -hmm. Relationship issues, mm -hmm. about to break up mm -hmm. or, bre or broken up. Mm -hmm. And then I have people who feel like they don't, they're not living authentically mm -hmm. or they haven't found their purpose. Mm -hmm. They feel a little stuck. Mm -hmm. It's that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's usually marked by sadness. I think yes. sadness gets people here. Yes. Sadness brings people to therapy. Yes. Because pain, like that kind of pain. Yeah. I think anxiety is pretty normalized because we live in LA and it's, and just pressure a, worry, it, right? it's a worry full place. Yeah. But sadness doesn't fit. Yeah. Sadness is like, yo. I got to get rid of it. And it's one of those things that you can't necessarily shake as far as like sometimes by yourself because a lot of times it requires you knowing the origin or right. what's even like what's going on. And it's also really hard for a person that's a very like, um, like myself, a very fix myself, uh, maybe driven, being able to identify something that's going on or whatever mm -hmm. and then like work through it, right? Goal oriented, that kind of stuff. But some things that have nothing to do with goals, has nothing to do with your, your, um, how motivated or yeah. driven or uh, whatever that you are. Sometimes it's just like something's going on inside of me and I'm sad. And I yeah. don't, that's another thing. There's some sadness that I know why. And it's mm. easier for me to work mm. through that. It's like, okay, this, I'm sad about this. Yeah. You know, then there are days, there are times in my life where um, I would just get sad out of nowhere and I don't know why. And it's like this lingering mm. thing and it required me. And then, I'll go 
And I'm the type of person where now, because I've been in therapy for like six years of my life now. So like I I can now identify something's up and I don't even, and it's cool because historically I'm talking about, I need to figure this out. But now that I know, I actually don't. Like I have a companion in this journey of life mm-hmm. that I pay her mm-hmm. to help me <laughs> kind of work through this, right? Yeah. Whatever. And I don't have to put all this energy into knowing what's going on. I could just talk to her. Yes. And it and I'm not saying like she's a genie or she's God and she <laughs> Damn, but it's also a person that. I've developed a six year relationship, right? Wow. Who's got to know me over time and it's completely like judgment free, yes. no ulterior motives, and I don't have to worry about it being about you and me. Like I especially as a pastor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or especially as that that friend that's often there for other people and I don't mind that. I love that that's good about me. But there are times that you need just to be able to know that this is about me intentionally intentionally I, I drove here for this she's here for me for exactly this. yeah and so and, and communicating with her sometimes i'll just talk about what's going on or how i'm feeling and yeah whatever technique training intuition wisdom that comes along with the practice able to bring some things out of me that i would have never mm-hmm. associated with whatever and then it kind of helps it doesn't necessarily make something go away but usually uh 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 on top of the sadness is the frustration of not knowing where yeah. it's even coming yes. from. So when so that just the awareness, yeah. just the knowledge, the self knowledge, yeah. then you feel like somewhat more in control. Yes. Yeah. And if yeah. you're a control freak like me, <laughs> it works. But it wait, works. I didn't know you've been in therapy for six years, and what I'm gonna say is, this is my theory. People, to me, it's like very noticeable who's been through therapy. Mm. There's this liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always noticed that mm. about you. Um, oh. And it, and I don't know if like people who are naturally like that are those who seek therapy Google, then, I or think that, what I think there causa- is that. we don't know what causation yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but there, there, mental health to me is freedom, mm-hmm. freedom from all the old stories, freedom from everything that doesn't work and mm-hmm. freedom in owning your own life. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you're walking in mm-hmm. and I see it, you know? Thank you. So you're cool. welcome. Yeah, I mean it is. It. it is. It's very, um, it is liberating. Mm-hmm. It's liberating to be able to be um even i don't care what no one says like i love the church i love the local church i'm a pastor but at the end of the day no one is judgment free right no Mm -hmm. one completely doesn't judge you and though i can't i can't say i think the safest thing i've ever experienced to a judgment free zone at least my own fears of not being judged or being judged has been in therapy that I have told this woman things that I will never tell anyone else and Mm -hmm. don't need to Mm -hmm. because it was about, there are things that were roadblocks for me, right? So it wasn't about, you know, um, a shame or maybe some things were about shame, right? And they were, I'm not even like they were. And there was a liberation that came when I could just talk to you about this, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're not looking at me like I'm crazy. You're not, I don't, if you're judging me, I don't know it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're doing really well. (laughs) And hiding you. I mean, everyone has their own thoughts, right? (laughs) About things. But it almost, I, I, I almost feel like it became, it did become a sanctuary for me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, Liana. It did become a sanctuary for me. I felt like, and I am all for going to church. Yes. I'm a preacher, so I need you to come here to work. But fundamentally, it became church for me in a, in a very intense season of my life. And then and every season isn't the same, right? So right. like, where in one season I was going every week because I knew I needed to get there. Mm-hmm. And I would make, I just needed to make it again to Tuesday. 
<laughs> because yeah. that's when I was going to therapy. Till now, I can back off because every season isn't that tense, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to, if you have cancer, you're probably going to the doctor right. a little bit more often, right? Certain times but you need sometimes treatment. You need treatment, and sometimes you're just going for your monthly, your yearly check in, right, right? right? To get that, and that's for me. I feel like therapy is the same way. Sometimes now I go when I need to go. That I'm able to identify me. Okay, something's up. It's been a couple of months. I've gone through some stuff in my head. Let me go. Let me go check in. Yeah. You know, with my therapist. But anyways, wait, so no, not anyways. <laughs> I got so many good things. Wait, one thing. Two things I want to say. The first is like, I think that even if a therapist sat there and said nothing, the simple act of Listen. saying stuff. No, for for the client. Oh, the simple yeah. act of the client getting it out of mm-hmm. their body yeah. to something yeah. or someone mm-hmm. that catharsis. Also, I think we don't fully know how we think until we say it. And then we're like, no. we'll get it. Like right. that doesn't even sound right. right. I've been telling yeah. myself that. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds a yeah. little bit uh, air quotes crazy. Um and then I'll say this that it's a therapist dream. And this happens a lot. It happened twice today each client it happens often first as a therapist i often forget what i'm going to say so everybody forgive me if i (laughs) forget with a point but um they will my female clients will roll their head back it's like the same gesture actually they roll their head back and they're like oh my god i'm so embarrassed to say this and i'm always like if you don't say it uh, i encourage that and when it happens i'm i am interested in what they're sharing yeah but i'm like as interested in the fact that they're sharing something mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. and everything in me wants to say like do more yeah. do this more yeah. because yeah. that is freeing yeah okay. okay now i'm done now we can move on no no, no. it's just so it's so much i swear like it just this conversation um in the first place like i want to um Okay, well, let's back up. So I asked you in the first one, like, what does mental health mean to you? Or what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that? And you said taking care of yourself, right? So what are some practical ways that a person can take care of themselves? Like, yes, we know going to therapy, but it it can be more like mental, for the sake of correlation, because I don't think mental and physical health are two separate things. I actually think they absolutely affect one another, right? Like, your mental well-being, not being in line, can actually show up physically, Yes. Right? Yes. Like, um, in, in your body and certain things, you know. But for the sake of, like, comparison, because a lot of people understand physical health in a certain way. So then when we draw that correlation, they can see it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the only way to take care of myself... If, ther- if going to therapy is like going to the doctor for a physical ailment, what is a mental way, a way of taking care of yourself that's like diet yeah, or yeah, taking yeah. your herbs, taking your vitamins, going yeah. on a walk? How do you get that. your doses? How do you get your doses in ways that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. therapy? I've been asked this on every podcast so far, and I think that I'm all, I always disappoint the host. Why? Because they have an expectation maybe this is, of a response. I don't. Yay. That's because you went to therapy <laughs> and you are expectationless. That is freedom too. Um, I don't have a, I do have an answer, but it is not a, um, do these 10 things. Yeah, meditate in yeah. the morning and go yeah. to the gym. Yeah. Those are good things. Meditating, working out are good things, but also like not everyone can meditate because sometimes going into your body and your mind is really scary and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people aren't ready for that. I would say, this is my very broad answer, to check in with yourself as often as you can. Mm-hmm. Like, learn yourself. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, what is the first thing that you think about? Mm-hmm. Um, is that a 
does that how does that make you feel mm -hmm. is that something you want to feel okay mm -hmm. how can we change that script for tomorrow mm -hmm. what will we say differently mm -hmm. oh you're like in, in something like simple like sorry i say like a lot on instagram no, you'll good. be scrolling and you might pause and look at someone's page and like or picture and like what you see but not like it because mm, it makes you feel some kind of way about yourself when you see yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Checking it. <laughs> yeah. What, why did that make me feel that way? Why didn't I just like that? Yeah. Why do I Oh, feel... you mean not physically like it. Yeah. Or all of that. Oh, yeah. Any no, you're of right. that. You're right. Any of that. Yeah. Ooh, that's powerful. Yeah, you know, and like, why yeah. when I scroll past a story, yeah. why does she get on my nerves? Yeah. Why do I let her get on my nerves? Yeah. What is she triggering in me? And usually it's a, it's a transference issue. Mm -hmm. They remind you of someone you know that you don't like mm -hmm. from your past. Or they mm -hmm. remind you of parts of you that you mm -hmm. don't like. Just like being really critical about mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. asking yourself why, mm -hmm. and if you want to keep that. Ooh. That to me is like is the daily stuff yeah. that we. Because you can do all these other things physically, or sit out in the sun, go be with nature, and all those things are great. But they if are. you don't know how to be with you, you got problems. You have problems. You gonna yeah. be clingy AF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Needy yeah. AF. That's true. <laughs> That is day. Yeah. So just like my big thing is developing the full self. Mm -hmm. And I was raised Catholic and then I transitioned to non-denominational Christian churches. Mm -hmm. And it was then that I heard this whole term of wholeness, mm -hmm. particularly in regard to the search for husband. Yeah. <laughs> and it became this thing that like, well, until I get the husband, I must not be whole or I must yeah. look for wholeness in order to get it. But mm -hmm. that was like, well, what's wholeness? Yeah. Can somebody please prescribe and yeah. describe that? Yeah. Because I don't get it either. Um, I found it to be the self-discovery, the full knowing, the full yeah. embracing, and the full nurturing of all the parts of yourself. That, to me, creates a healthy individual. Well, and, the, and, and that in and of itself is the goal. Yes. Not get whole so that. Thank you. Dot, dot, dot. Which is which a lot of times the narrative, right? right? No, yes, we can. <laughs> but, like, that is the narrative a lot of times. It's like wholeness is a... Um, a point in the journey to getting married or to getting your career or to getting this mm. to all these it's like make sure you get whole instead of wholeness being the end goal yeah 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 not the not the out external right you can get that stuff that's fine right but it's interesting that a lot of times people don't seek wholeness until they think that it's attached to something. something else as if completely being in love, okay, and properly viewing, valuing, identifying the person God puts you on this earth to be is not a good enough goal <laughs> all by itself. It is. It is. That's the ultimate. Because you could have the husband, but if you didn't achieve that, you're still low-key miserable. You're still miserable. And I think that, and it's a shame to me, I think, that we're willing to do that work to get something else, mm -hmm. which means you still have mm -hmm. valued that something else over or that yourself. over yourself. That person's opinion of you is like, oh, a man is attracted to a whole woman. Then the woman wants to get whole. And I'm like, WTF? WTF? I want to be attracted to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to want me. I want to be okay with being. Don't get me wrong. I want to. This is what happens when church meets therapy. When church Do you meets see therapy. what is happening right now? <laughs> Everything when, is happening. When church meets therapy. Rihanna, you better preach. Listen, I think this is my church. Uh, so I think this is where it's going to be. Right here on this microphone. This is beautiful. But I think that that becomes um, 
very important because I even think like you, you have women across the um, spectrum age wise listening in. I think there's some older women who are like, yes, amen. I wish someone told me this earlier, earlier in the game. Right. And we have young women right now, younger women um, our age and even younger who are being shaped immediately like right now by this culture. And part of the reason why I am trying to interject this podcast is to give some alternative perspectives, yes. right? And not to like demonize everything that's out there, you know. Social media is not the devil, it's a platform, it's yeah. how we use it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we're inundated with these messages and this concept all the time, and they're trying to figure out one, who am I? Two, who am I trying to be? Three, why? Mm-hmm. Like, who says who, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. why am I trying to become For whatever? Who? For who? You know what I'm saying? What like this kind of what is the outcome supposed to be, right? And I think even in Christianity, sometimes we have married the success with these um, materialistic things, which are not bad, you know, Mm -hmm. or a a great career, which I want, we all want, right? Or a flourishing career or whatever. But I think fundamentally, it has not been God wants you whole, period. You should want you whole, period. And that everything else is icing on the cake, or not even just icing on the cake. The other stuff happens. I'm just maybe or about, maybe not. Maybe or maybe not. But but if you find the wholeness, the other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that um, so much pain we can uh, cancel out a lot of life's pain Ooh. by making that mm. word. I like it. So what I hear you saying, tell me if I'm wrong, is that some pain is inevitable. Some pain we cause. On ourselves. We, on ourselves because of these lies of these other stories we be- have that have been pushed on us yeah intentionally and or unintentionally right yeah dang yeah thank you for listening to this week's episode of sharpen her iron uh with so called ray we are gonna pick up right where we left off next week this has been a dynamic episode and it was so good but so long that I wanted to split it into two separate episodes so this is part one um in the event that you have not listen to our previous episodes, go ahead and check out those. And we look forward to picking up this conversation where we left off next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Queen Liana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.